0: So, first thing, can you just say your name for the recording, please?
1: Carlotta Williams.
0: Where were you born?
1: I was born in Cleveland,
0: Ohio. And where did you grow up?
1: In Cleveland, Ohio.
0: And what did your parents do?
1: My mother was a housekeeper and cook, and my dad was a labor union worker.
0: How many siblings did you have?
1: Um... There's six of us, so five siblings. My brother and I were from the more current marriage, and I had four siblings from a previous marriage of my mom.
0: What was your childhood like?
1: It's um, a good question. Let me think. <laughs> I was, um, I guess I was always a smart kid, so that, like in nursery school. I was writing my name and practically reading. Um, Luckily, my elementary school was right by our house, so I was close to school. When we moved, we moved into what would have been a suburb today, but it was like on the other side of town from the inner city, and that's when I had more contact with other races. Um, And... Uh, other religions, like Jewish people. Um, In that regard, we had um, Italian neighbors, Jewish neighbors. I went to school with Polish people, so there was a lot of mixed kind of things going on. Um, But basically, I had a really good childhood, and both my parents were there, so that helped too.
0: Was there any racial tensions while you were growing up that you remember?
1: Well, I remember we had freedom schools, and if you ask me what year, I cannot tell you. (laughs) That was the year when we boycotted school one day and went to schools like in churches and places like that. Um, We had some tension in Cleveland over busing. Uh, One of my nieces was bused. Um, There were problems with that. And basically that was it. I did come to Florida when I was like nine. And besides the weather, which was, like, awful, uh, I got to see colored-only water fountains, which sort of tripped me out. Um, I'd never seen that living up north, white-only and colored-only water fountains. And the movie theater, you had to go upstairs where colored people could go to see the movie. Couldn't go downstairs.
0: Were your parents active politically or participate in any of the demonstrations?
1: Um, my parents weren't. Um, my dad was active in labor politics, um, but I did a lot of demonstrating myself. Did they were very, They were older than me. They. My father was born in 1899, and my mother was born in 1910.
0: Did your parents belong to the NAACP?
1: I think my mom did because she joined a lot of things through the church, not my dad. Um,
0: so can you speak more about um, your early schooling and how you felt about it?
1: Um, elementary school was good. The school was on the corner of my street where we moved to, so that was a good... Good. Um, we had, at that time, we had, like, summer where we had um, supervised recreational um, activities. And um, I liked playing softball, so we had tournaments and things like that that probably is missing now. Um, I was always in the, I want to say academically talented, but I don't remember what they called us. Um, I didn't like being isolated and that was after uh, what we call middle school now, it was junior high then. After junior high, I was sort of stuck with the really smart kids, and some of them had psychological problems, so it was just different for me. I spent a lot of time during my school years trying to fit in, um, because I was always regarded as different. So other than that, I thought I had a good education, did the academically talented classes and stuff like academic placement. Advanced placement, that's what it was called. Advanced placement. um, So that I had college credits when I got out of high school. But other than that, it was pretty normal.
0: Did you feel prepared to go to college?
1: I thought I was until I got there. (laughs) (laughs) You never know, you know. Um, what What I found out was that I didn't really know how to write essays as well as I thought. When I was in high school, I always got A's on everything pretty much. Um, And when I went to college, I wasn't quite up to par, so.
0: Were there um, any mentors that you had in high school?
1: Hmm, That's a good question. Most of my mentors were not in the school. I, I, I did a lot of extracurricular activities outside of school. So that's mainly where I got my mentors from our local uh, community center, um, places like that. So my mentors in school were rare. Um, Like I said, it was, I don't remember any of the teachers specifically being mentors to me.
0: Was education valued in your family?
1: Um, It was for me. to me, I guess. Um, My brother was a chiropractor, so he sort of did that on his own, Um, my older brother. And it was valued. So none of my other siblings graduated from college, although my brother graduated from high school.
0: So why did you choose to apply to Goucher?
1: Um, it was different. It was almost a seven-sister, but it wasn't really. So that was one of the reasons. I didn't want to go to one of the normal seven-sisters. So um, Goucher was the next best thing, and I thought it was unique enough. And I wanted to go to an all-girls school for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> Never did quite figure that one out. But it, it wound up being a really good choice.
0: Did you apply anywhere else?
1: Yes, and I can't remember the name of it. (laughs) Um, It was a small school also. I've heard about it since, but I can't remember what the name of it was. And um, I went to Goucher because I got scholarships, and I could afford to go.
0: Did you know anyone at Goucher prior to attending? Nope.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Never heard of anyone, and... It was hard for people to even say the word mm-hmm. in my community.
0: What were your the other thing?
1: The other thing. Uh, uh, I'm sorry to interrupt you. The other you thing, thing was, my counselors at high school were sort of negative, saying what we couldn't do and where we couldn't go, and so the ones of us that were in like the academically talented classes made decisions about where we wanted to go. Some of them did go to seven-sister schools. So I wanted to be different.
0: What were your first impressions of Goucher?
1: Well, I didn't know that there weren't any black people there. I think there was one black person when I got there, and she was a senior, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I came in with Maxine and Pauline, the twins, So there were three of us there. Um, That was it. So it was very different for me and because it was sort of society oriented and New York based kind of stuff and Jewish, a lot of Jewish people there, um, it was just a whole different atmosphere for me. Um, The first year was most difficult because I had the room by myself in a single room And everybody else was, like, doubled in single rooms. And I couldn't figure out why I got this special treatment. So I had to deal with that at some point when I figured out that's what was happening. And what was happening is they didn't bunk black people with any of the other students at that time. And it was a policy decision of the school. So I had to talk with the dean about that and told them that they needed to let the students and parents decide, not decide for them. You know, if they were prejudiced and didn't want to stay with black people then let them say that as opposed to just automatically rooming black people alone. So that was my first encounter with racism at Goucher.
0: And what year did you enter Goucher?
1: 1965.
0: So, can you describe um how you were feeling the first day of moving to campus and going to classes?
1: Well, <laughs> it was just all different. I wasn't used to the the people there were different for me because for one thing my my sister, who was a model model at some point had bought me all these clothes, right? <laughs> and they were too fancy, too dressed up. Uh, when I saw the kids in jeans and holes in their clothes and, you know, T-shirts and stuff, I was sort of out of water because I thought you were supposed to dress nice in college. So that was sort of hard. Um, I didn't have a problem with the race issue when I first got there because I was used to going to integrated schools. Um but it was very interesting because at at another point, I felt like I was really isolated and I didn't want to lose being black. So I bought these, um, I guess you call them etchings, of three black boys and put two of them in my room on either side of the wall so I wouldn't stop remembering that I'm black. Um, that was one of my hardest parts.
0: So, um, who was your roommate after your first year?
1: Um my first year was uh you a brewer. that's my only roommate actually
0: okay. and now I'm
1: sorry, okay. go on
0: oh, I was gonna ask um which building you lived in um as a first year
1: uh, all the years I lived in Hooper. Cooper House.
0: And so did you notice any racial tensions um, on campus or in your dorms? Um.
1: There wasn't any racial tension, but I'll tell you, and I can't remember the lady's name, she was the phys, phys ed instructor. My first year I stayed in a room across from her, and every day, not every day, once a week we had teas. Did you guys still have teas? Teas? Teas, T-E-A-S. We had mm. to drink tea with our little pinkies <laughs> up and eat cookies once a week. That's not funny. It was horrible. <laughs> <laughs> they were good cookies. But it was just strange. So we all had to go in her, in her room, I guess it was like a sweeter room, and have tea. And she was the daughter of the American Revolution, D-A-R which is really strange. I didn't know what that was until I got the Goucher. So that was strange. <laughs> and Hooper House, we just were great. I mean, I, I had so much fun. We set up a, um, a coffee house in our basement. And we had a go-go dancer. We did, um, we um, decorated it with macaroni and sprayed it silver. I did, some of the go-go dancing in the cage, and had paper dresses. I don't know if you have ever heard of those before. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And uh, we just had fun. We made horrible um, tuna fish Mm -hmm. that we served, and I can't remember what drinks we served, but, yeah, we just had a, it was cute. It was a little coffee house. It only seated maybe 10, 12 people. And the voice from uh, Johns Hopkins came over.
0: So who did you spend the majority of your free time with at Goucher?
1: Mostly um, the people in Hooper House. Um, Callie Angel, who has since committed suicide. I learned about that a couple years ago. Um, her father was a writer with the New Yorker. And Barbara, I don't remember Barbara's last name, Patty Kashiwa, Carolyn Nichols, and Unita; Those were the people that I was around. There were a few other Hooper House people that hung out with us, but that was us mostly. And since Unita and I had a corner basement room, everybody was always in our room. (laughs) So we had fun.
0: What was the social atmosphere like at Goucher? Um... I don't know. It was, people sort of
1: hung together. Um, we did so many things. We had, b- besides the coffee house, we had um, a duck. One year we had a duck living in the dorm with us. I don't know where Callie got it, but she got a duck, and it had to live in the bathtub. I never took a bath there again. Um, it got to be four to five feet tall. And we would have to walk it and hope nobody caught us. Eventually, we got caught. (laughs) And Callie was afraid somebody was going to eat it. But it was a huge white duck. If you could have seen us walking it, it was just hysterical. But we we walked the duck. Um, Socially, we were very active. Um, One of the problems with living in Towson was that it was very prejudiced at the time. Now, Anita, and she doesn't remember, she went out with a white guy that was the son of the Skippy, Skippy Peanut Butter president. And they went out into Towson, and nobody would serve them. So they went to the sheriff's office or the police station, whatever that was in Towson, and they told the police there said, that's just the way it is. And so they wouldn't serve them at all in Towson. It was very interesting. That was another example (laughs) because the townspeople used to call us the radicals on the hill because we did a lot of the demonstrating and buses and stuff into a lot of things. So um, I did the march in New York City against the Vietnam War. We We took a bus up there and we walked around the whole of Central Park. That was really huge. And then we also took buses to the Pentagon, did the Leviathan, it was called that, to raise the Pentagon. That one was the scariest one because they would, um, the soldiers had bayonets and they would poke people and then they started spraying um, tear gas. I never got far off the bus because people were coming back with their eyes all messed up and we were trying to give them uh, wet rags to put on their faces so that the... Tear gas wouldn't mess them up, so that one was very strange. <laughs> I did a lot more demonstrating after I left Goucher.
0: <laughs> what did you major in at Goucher?
1: Um, biology and, uh, with a minor in psychology.
0: Were there any other black students in your classes?
1: Um, You know what I don't remember? I don't think so, though.
0: Did you connect with any professors?
1: Rhoda Dorsey. Um, actually, she became. I'm trying to remember. She moved into our dorm. I can't remember that part, but um, that's how I found out I didn't know how to write essays. And she spent time with me. She was a history professor, and she spent time with me, showing me how to structure and write um, essay answers. And she and I became really close, and uh, you needed to send me her, her obituary when she passed away, because she knew I was close to her. She's the only one that I can remember. There was another woman, and I don't remember her. She went with us to New York for the demonstration. I do remember that.
0: Were there any professors you avoided?
1: The visit D A R lady. Mm -hmm. (laughs) In visit she would use me as illustrations of how not to swim. Mm -hmm. In the middle of the pool, there I was. She would use me as a demonstration. Don't do that. (laughs) That's what she'd say. So I never learned how to swim. (laughs) I got traumatized.
0: Um so Can you speak more to um, your conversation with the administrator about um, being in a single as a first year and that being a policy?
1: Well, I sat down and I can't remember which dean it was. Probably, well, anyway, I don't remember her name. Dean Green was for Dean Green, Dean Green, something like that. Um, And I made an appointment, went in and told her what I felt. And she listened to me, and I think they changed that policy. But I was really upset when I saw these other people, like, you know, with bunk beds and a single. And I had this great room to myself, but I didn't know anybody, and it was my first year, so, you know, it didn't it didn't dawn on me that that was the policy. But she was good. She listened, and like I said, I think they changed it. But luckily, Unita came, so I had a black roommate anyway. <laughs>
0: Um, so, what year did you decide to leave Goucher?
1: I left in late 67.
0: And was there a particular reason why you left Goucher? I was pregnant. Do you have any special memories of Goucher that you'd like to share?
1: Oh, let's see. I have so many. I was class president for a while. I was class president when I left. We did um, a special event. I don't know if you call it an event. Uh, campaign kind of thing with the juniors of Don um, Hopkins. It was called The Hunt. It was, I think, Marcel Marceau or some um, artsy kind of film um, was made about it. And we would go on either campus. Goucher or Johns Hopkins, and it was the um, beginning of what turned into paintball, only we didn't have paintball things, we would just say, bang, you're dead, that kind of thing, (laughs) don't ask, (laughs) but it was fun, so if we saw a junior guy, we would shoot him and say, we gotcha, and they would do the same thing to us on our campus, it was very strange, but it was fun, so that's how we got the mix with the junior boys and, um, and us. We were the sophomores at that time. Um, the other thing that was always striking to me was the Naval Academy dinner. Do they still do that?
0: No.
1: Oh. <laughs> All that etiquette stuff. This is what happened. Um, there would be so many Naval guys to match, and I'm not sure, I guess it was freshmen. Um, and they had to come to our dorm and ask for us and we had to come down dressed in, like, almost formal, semi-formal. They were fully dressed in their academy clothes, white gloves and all. And they had to escort us to the dinner. It was very strange. But anyway, it was. <laughs> and when I came down, there was only one black one in the, in the uh, reception area, and that was mine. I knew that. Um, and then we went to the dance. The other stuff they had was mixers, and that was what I called the cattle calls. Um, the boys' schools would come to us. We would go to the boys' schools as a big group, like just buses full of us, to their place, and then we'd all crowd into a room, and everybody would eye everybody and then, I guess, pick out people they wanted to dance with or whatever. <laughs> anyway, it was very strange, too. It was Beatles music all that time, I got to say that. Um And then the other thing that struck me is there was one fraternity on Johns Hopkins that had butlers. So they had their butlers serve them at mixers. The butlers would go get the drinks or whatever and then serve them at the table. The butlers were always black. Um, I don't know what fraternity that was. It was just another strange thing. Um, I'm trying to think what else, like socially. I think those were the main things. I always thought the mixers were crazy. And then what I I wound up doing, and you need it with me, we went to the black schools, uh, Howard and Morgan State. So we sort of hung out a lot at Howard. We met some Nigerian guys. I went out with the guy that was head of the Nigerian Students' Union in the U.S. and Canada. And during the course of that, we were fighting that Biafran War. I don't know. What year? That must have been like 66 or something when uh, Biafra split from Nigeria, it was trying to become its own country. So that fight was going on in DC at the same time. We enjoyed going to the African dances and stuff. So we did a lot of international stuff at that point, but trying to get, you know, some black people there so we wouldn't be isolated. I don't know what else. There's a lot of memories (laughs) that I haven't thought about in a long, long time. One of the other things I did when I had the little black boys on my walls, I had a poster, and you will not believe it was uh, Bill Cosby, full face. Um, And then I had Superman things on my door. You know, I just tried to build a a wall. (laughs) Um, So when I went home, it was very strange because I started talking with a New York accent and my relatives would say what is the matter with you so that's sort of the fallout and i've had i had to learn how to modulate what i say and put slang in you know with my proper talk i guess that's what you call it (laughs) that was the hardest adjustment for me leaving a um, black family going back with a white accent that was the hardest i think
0: how do you see Goucher today? I'm
1: just surprised it's co-ed. I was totally freaked out when I saw that. <laughs> I enjoyed it being all girls. It was just, um, you felt like you could just do things. So I don't have any idea what it's like today because it's coed. ed
0: mm-hmm.
1: How was it for you?
0: Um, I guess we can talk about that off the recording. Um, okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Is there anything else you would like to discuss at this point?
1: Um, we done the political. We've done the demonstrations. Um, just a, a few little personal things. Like, I didn't know how to do a tampon, and they helped me. <laughs> put one on, which was very interesting, through the doors of the bathroom. Um, I didn't know. I had one of uh, Patty Kashiwa. She was uh, Japanese from Hawaii, and I had her sometimes straightening my hair. Um, just a lot of little personal things that I didn't know about uh, when I got there. So, you know, that was the, the beauty, I guess, of having girls because you could share social things and that's what we did. We were really close for those years. And we had um, when we would have dances or mixers or whatever we called, we would we were the class of 69, so we would put little 69s all over the wall. Things like that. <laughs> but that's about it.